Hello. Hello. Am I coming through clear? Yeah, it's pretty clear, Ross. It's nice and clear, actually. And me? Yeah, all good. Nice. Hello and welcome to Three and In, the Desert Island Football Podcast. I'm Sam Aston and I'm joined this week by Derek Byrne. Evening. Owen Gurry. Good evening. And Ross Morrison. Hello. Good evening, gentlemen. Um, so let's get started with the game that we start with always. And I had some feedback from a, um, a fan, we could say, that at this point they usually, well, once they've heard the beginning of the game, the premise, they press pause and try and work it out for themselves. Mm-hmm. So, Who, which fan was this? Sam? I can't name names at this point. Is the fan is the fan on this podcast right now? Is this a is this a fake fan that you've made up to make it easier for us all to join in? It was is, it, is it one of our six six followers on Spotify? It may have been a Russian bot. Uh, it could have been. <laughs> Sam, can you get me from Dame Edna Everidge? Um, feel free to make notes. I am. I'm, I'm writing it down. Dame Edna. Dame Edna to the little house on the prairie. Oh, my good God. Via Karel Poborski. <laughs> Ooh. In your own time, son. Okay, give me a sec. <laughs> so, Dame oh, Edna Everidge was... Um... Was um, you could say a transvestite, yeah, transvestite comedian. What might say Edna's Neighborhood Watch was a famous show that she did. What yeah, was her so little? Uh, it, was like a low, it was like a low rent cribs. What was her little catchphrase? Hello, possums. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Barry Humphreys. That was it. Barry. Barry oh, that could be a clue, couldn't it? Anyway, so let's go for. I think he was the shark in Finding Nemo. Oh. He was. My name's Bruce. Well, it's, well, you've opened up a whole can of worms there. We have. So, Sam. Right, okay. Dame Edna Everidge. Dame Judy Dench. Okay. <laughs> Skyfall. Okay. Adele. Singer. Mm-hmm. Songs. Carols. Oh, <laughs> Oh, oh. Carol Bobowski. Check, checkmate. Chess. <laughs> Kings and queens. Family. <laughs> that family. What was the name of the family? <laughs> the little house in the prairie. <laughs> was it a little? Was it about a family? The, was it the Bobowski family? <laughs> what, they, were, they were all about family, weren't they back then? Family values. I think that. Family values and that, yeah. We'll give you that, Sam. That's good. You've got, you've I thought got we were going to go country and western again there. So because because you're the guest, Sam, we have given the, the mic of the presenter to the very, very uh, well-equipped Mr. Owen Gurry. In your capable hands, Owen, I'm sure. Oh, gentlemen, I'm honoured to be asked to guest host this podcast. It's big shoes to fill. But tonight, the host is in the hot seat. Because Sam 
tonight we're going to hear from you. And we want to hear your three desert island footballers. I'm sure you've been racking your brains for weeks, but hopefully you'll have come up with three by now. And we look forward to hearing the first one. So kick us off. Who's your first pick, Sam? Well, I, I had I had given it some thought, but uh, I, ha- I also had slipped my mind. And so these have been cobbled together in the last half an hour, as you guys know, <laughs> for reasons that shall remain unnamed for now. So my first pick, I'm going to go for Aston Villa striker, um, Savo Milosevic. Oh, Savo. Interesting choice. What's the sort of what was your immediate connection with Savo then, Sam? Well, I was a young I'm, I'm an Aston Villa fan, a young when I was a, a kid. Well, also to give some family background, my uh, grandfather is uh, Serbian and he was part of a Serbian immigrants that built a uh, very beautiful Serbian Orthodox church in Birmingham, which if you ever go to Birmingham, I would highly recommend you go. It's a stunning building. And um, that's where Savo, when he played for the villa, he went, that was his church. So my granddad was, oh, Milosevic is at the uh, is at the church. I saw Savo, you know. So we already had that sort of connection with him. And that was it, yeah, really. He wasn't Villa's best striker by any stretch of the imagination. I enjoyed watching him as a kid because he just felt that little personal connection. Yeah. Is he anything in relation to Slavon Very interesting Milosevic? you say that, Ross. He, Milosevic is very common. It's like an ancient tribe, you know. They are loosely related or distantly related. Mm-hmm. However, when during that tumultuous time in the Balkan history, um, Savon was a huge supporter of the uh, the opposition party, the Socialist Party. And maybe we'll talk a bit more about the politics of Milosevic a bit, a bit later on. But question for you guys. So Savo Milosevic won the Golden Boot at uh, Euro 2000, playing for Yugoslavia. Oh. And... Uh, he well, he shared the golden boot with one other player, five goals each. So, which player was that? Little question for you. He played uh, Euro two thousand. Which was that the one which was in Holland and Belgium? Holland and Belgium, yeah. They, they shared it. They shared hosting duties that year, didn't well, they? Well, the player who shared has a little link with one of those countries, as well as Newcastle. Is it? Patrick Clay. Yes, it is. <laughs> quick on the draw there, Ross. Very quick. Wow. Well done. Well done, Ross. So, yeah, I want to come back to that family connection, Sam, because it seems like, you know, with your grandfather and his involvement with the church, Orthodox Church, you said. Serbian Orthodox. Serbian yeah. Orthodox. It almost feels as if Savo Milosevic is kind of part of your family in a way. Essentially, yeah. So you see, do you see him as like a great uncle? Well, interesting little bit of trivia for you. Well, not trivia. It's actually a very tragic story about talking of granddads. Some time ago, uh, in their family home, Savo Milosevic's grandfather, also called Savo Milosevic, had an argument with his son, Savo Mil- the footballer's dad, mm-hmm. and uh, shot him dead at the dinner table. Returning to Milosevic's football career, so where did he, where was he scouted from? Did he start his career at Partizan then, or, or how did he get 
Yeah, banging him. So he he got um, as the war kicked off, he managed to get his him and his fa- his family out to Belgrade, playing for Partizan. Mm. Villa picked him up from Partizan. I mean, as I say, he didn't he didn't set the Premier League on fire, and the tabloids famously called him Misalatovic. Oh, very um, good. <laughs> yeah. Witty as always. Um, and then. <laughs> Where did he go next? Did he go to Celta? Celta Vigo? Parma? Zaragoza? Zaragoza. Parma, Dell got the Parma is for the for the list of that. Parma 90s. So you know, kit that. Beautiful kit that. So what wow. was this three seasons for the villa yeah. and then? Sam, am I right in saying he won the League Cup? He did. He scored, he, uh, he scored in that game we won, we win the League Cup 3-0 against Leeds. Great memories of winning that League Cup. Coca-Cola Cup, as it was called, I think, in those days. So where was he most effective? Was right. he centre-forward? Was he winger? Centre-forward, he... number nine, yeah. Your traditional. That takes us nicely on to your second pick, I suppose, Sam. So um, who did you have for your second pick? Remind us. Thierry Henry. Oh, Thierry. I'm no Arsenal fan by any means. Who could not be enchanted by the Invincibles, that team, you know, and, and that and that squad? And they were a likable team. Well, maybe, likeable not, maybe not for you as a United fan, but no. But for the when you look back, and you make a point there, Sam, don't you? About he, he wasn't a Villa player, but he's universally acclaimed and admired for for being this, he's such an attractive player. He's got great goals. He has. He had that certain. I'm going to use. I'm going to say it. That certain je ne sais quoi, didn't he? Oh, I thought you were going to say yes. Papa Vu. Papa, Nicole, Nicole, Marie. <laughs> On a personal um, point, for when I, when I played football as a kid, for Dorley Colts and later later Dorley Wanderers, I was quite often on the bench. I know, hard to believe. And uh, for that reason, I had the number 14. Well, that was my squad number. And I was like, well, it's not that bad because Thierry Henry's number 14. Uh, immortalised that shirt, as not Number 14. I mean, it's not just at Arsenal, yeah. but everyone knows Thierry 14. But what is it about him as a player? Any particular goals you remember, or well, you, t- you have to talk about the, the the little the one against United, the little flick round, Bartes planted. Yeah, just one. You could just watch it, but I mean, there's just countless, aren't they? I mean, uh, I love this quote about post-match interview. Said, "Oh, a, a rare goal with your head there, Thierry," and he said, "Well, I score every goal with my head." Um, and you just yes 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 yeah next minute he sat there on the bench reading Sartre (laughs) and another another really image that I remember in my head was him sitting on he was on the bench maybe for France and it was a bit nippy and he had like a blanket but you know like one of those tartan granny blankets (laughs) yeah Yeah. and he could have just been knitting but he looked so cool (laughs) Yeah, he could he could sit on the bench and knit, and people wouldn't have a problem with that because it's Jerry Andre. He could get away with it, couldn't he? You know how I love a blog, right? Last week proved that I think. Uh, I've got one one now called Arsblog. Like one of my faves. I've got a couple of little fun facts here. The first being Danny Mills was so upset 
by Henri nutmegging him at Highbury that he wrote the Frenchman a letter on headed paper <laughs> expressing his pain and dismay. <laughs> and Henri just laughed and they showed it to everyone. Was that? So he, he was known apparently for to phone up journalists and challenge them on things they'd said about him when he was playing or whatever. But when he saw the fourth Indiana Jones movie, he hunted down George Lucas's phone number and phoned him and said, "What have you done? What have you done?" And George, <laughs> George Lucas didn't know who he was and just hung up the phone. Under <laughs> Well, who cares that much? I do find that incredible that he actually cared that much. That's we, the, we do know that this is this is absolutely one hundred percent because it's on our <laughs> oh, well, be, yeah. Was yeah. that just? I would question the ass blog a little bit there because was the Danny Mills incident not that penalty that they with Pires? Because oh. I remember Danny Mills getting absolutely furious about that. You remember they they tried to do that funny penalty and messed it up. Yeah, the one that the one that, the one that yeah. Royce did many years ago. I think it was successfully. They passed it to him on the penalty. They passed it to him. Yeah, and they got it completely yeah. wrong. And um, they were just laughing about it. And Danny Mills was like, utter disrespect. And yeah, maybe it was related to that. Was on replaying in that game. Remember, it was really heated with Man United and. Uh, Van Nistelrooy missed the, missed the sitter and it was it a sitter or a penalty or whatever and Keogh was like oh, jumping yeah. in the background and stuff like that yeah I mean Omri had a bit of a nasty streak in him he was a cool character but he he was a competitor well he'd do anything to yeah. score wouldn't he he'd do anything yeah. to get his team through wouldn't he I remember chatting with my, my brother is an Arsenal fan and I remember chatting with him not too long ago about Omri and he said to me I don't know if it's true or not but he said Omri's plan originally when he came to uh, London and came to the Premier League was to get himself to Barcelona and he got there eventually but because of Messi's prominence you know no one and so many players who played at Barcelona never quite fit in because of Messi being the number one and I think he got there perhaps even a bit too late and his legendary status was already you know it was already assured at Arsenal and lots of players could never kind of make it with Messi because he stole the limelight. So I wondered whether or not he considered Arsenal to be the pinnacle or whether or not he saw it as a stepping stone. That would be no disrespect to Arsenal, but that would be more about Henri's ambitions as a player. And obviously he had his glorious return, didn't he, to, to, was it, uh, yeah, to the Emirates. And... He scored against yeah. Leeds in the FA Cup. That's right, yeah. Is he, he, seems to, he seems to get a lot of stick in America for being kind of... He, he can't understand why these players can't <laughs> yeah. do the things that he did. Quite similar to like Sunets and Keane and people like that. They just don't yeah. have the patience. If someone can't do what he could do, they, they mm. lose patience, don't they? Great, a great athlete doesn't always make a great manager. No, and it can sometimes tarnish your reputation. I mean, obviously, oh. he's got a statue outside Arsenal Stadium now, hasn't he? So, and he's yeah. forever compared. I mean, even when Aubameyang came, you know, He's mentioned in the same breath, isn't he? Can you emulate that? Can you achieve the great heights of Thierry Henry and be that fan favourite? But why don't we move on to your third pick, Sam? Because I believe it's a player that is uh, entertaining us right now. Well, yeah, I think it's a, it would raise a few eyebrows. The first, the first uh, pick from the show that's still playing, and also is only 25, 25 yeah. years old, uh, which, yeah, Jack Grealish. Oh, what a choice. What a player. What a joy to watch. One of those players that, you know, as soon as he gets the ball, something's going to happen. 
you get out of your seat for a player like that, don't you? He does, and, that, and that's the main reason I've picked him. I mean, I, I left the UK 10 years ago now. You know, when you're out of your... When you're in a different, different countries and different social groups that maybe they don't like football so much and kind of wasn't playing football and Villa were doing awfully and just getting worse and worse and uh, I really was just giving up on football to be honest this young lad comes into the into the team uh, I remember the semi semi-final of the FA Cup against Liverpool and was just electric and yeah. I just fell in love with the with the game again with Villa, and yeah, we we his little shin pads, his, little shin pads. <laughs> his hair. I mean, I've just got a massive um, fanboy thing going on for Jackie. Oh, that's. I mean, there's a singularity about him for sure. That he, he, yeah. not just the shin pads thing, but you can you can pick him out on a field of footballers because he's got a particular running style. He's a great dribbler. His passing is amazing. He's getting better. You know, we talk about picking players from bygone eras, and there's a sense of when people retire that there's immortal. Oh, the '90s or the early 2000s were, but history is in the making with football. It happens every weekend, so you've got to sort of enjoy it while it happens because these players come and then they go, and then you look back and go, "That guy was talismanic," and for the reasons you've just said, Sam, made you fall back in love with Villa and. With football, what is it about him then that sort of as a player? We, we spoke about it last week. Actually, not to jump in on you there, Sam, but like you know, players who would play for one club their whole lives, and there was talk of him going to Spurs. I, I can't really imagine him playing for any other club. Like a, bit, a bit like Trent at Liverpool. I, I can't I think, really imagine him playing at another club. I think uh, on I one hand, I want him to. You, you, I, I would love him to stay at the Villa, obviously. But with uh, with Trent um, Alexander Arnold, he, he's he's winning things and will win things, and maybe at v- a Villa he's not going to be able to play in the Champions League. Hopefully, you know, fingers crossed. But let's be honest. And um, I will tell you this right now that no Villa fan would begrudge him a move to a proper club, a big club, United, maybe Spurs. You know. Liverpool, the, a big club. As long as it's not Birmingham City. The thing is, you, you, you could say the same thing though about, like, remember Gerard nearly went to Chelsea and everything. Whatever, whatever the the powers that made him stay at Liverpool, he wasn't winning things really at Liverpool either. It's like the FA Cup or the League Cup and the Champions League, obviously in two thousand five. But uh, everything else was the, the team was always on the cusp of, of doing good things, but never, never ever did really. And he was yeah. a lot of dross. And he still managed to stay there, you know. I, I, I just feel that Jack Grealish would, it, when it came to the crunch, he probably would. His heart would rule his head. I would say. I think the club. I think the club would go to the player. Look, we're building this team around you. For the next ten years, you're going to be the icon of this club. You are already. You'll go down in history. You'll have a statue. Yeah. You stay here. You know, we'll back totally. you. you and back he's got us. John Terry there in his ears, and John. You know, if you're John Terry, you're saying to Jack Grealish, "Don't sleep with his wife." Who do you respect <laughs> more? You know, uh, Lamp- yeah. Lampard, Gerrard, or Fabian Delph? You know, it's like those those are the players that everyone respects, and those are the players that stayed at their clubs. And I think Jack Grealish sees that, and he has that he has that historical vision with him. You know, he wears his socks like that because of George Best. 
you know that's that's i didn't know that it, it does it depends on his uh values doesn't it really you know uh, and i think a lot will go down to us you know yeah, what I, you talk to, remembered. I talk to what you want my to dad i mean him? he watches matches of the day every week he doesn't watch games but and he says oh i'm not really into football but he watches match of the day every weekend and he loves to talk about football but my dad's he i think he follows arsenal but he's a sort of more general fan you know and he's Grealish is someone he talks about. He's like, have you seen that guy at Villa? I'm like, yeah, I've seen him. That. And he's like, he's so excited to watch, isn't he? And I love that sort of, you know, my dad's in his late 60s and he gets excited watching a player like that. So you think, yeah. you know, for sort of neutral fans, when Grealish has got the ball, he can make stuff happen. And you think, yeah, every club should be looking out on the radar for someone like Jack Grealish because he could walk into Real Madrid. And do things there. He could walk into Inter Milan, you know, walk into PSG. But he's playing at Villain, he's playing in the Premier League, and he's probably humble enough to realise I've made it. Stick him in an England show, that's what I want to see. And oh, I, just to just to follow up what you just what you just pushed on there, Owen. I mean, just the fact that he is this player that just keeps puts people on the edge of their seat on their seats. What happens a lot of the time with you know, big time football players get overcoached, but mm. you need someone to break the lines, and he's that—he's that person. I mean, I—I I think there's a few players like that around, but for me, Grealish is that top special at the moment. As you said, I mean, look at his assists record and, and the amount of chances he creates for Villa. I mean, I don't know what yeah. the numbers are. It's funny because I—I I never really. Uh... I I I like him now. Like I, I I love watching him play. But see, before like a few years leading up to this, <laughs> I, I didn't like him. I didn't like the cut of his jib. <laughs> I, I thought he was like full of full of himself. He reminded me of uh, he now he reminds me of Elliot. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, he gives me the same Jack Greenish vibes in, in terms of attitude of when Jack Greenish was that. Are you thinking of the nitrous oxide? Um, I don't know what it is. It's just it's just a feeling that I get. It's like you know, it, when when I'm looking at it, it gives me the same Jack Greenish vibes that I got whenever I first saw him. What comes to mind as a, yeah. as a Villa fan is a couple of seasons ago when we were in the Championship and we obviously played the Blues uh, at uh, it was at St Andrews as well, the Stag, and uh, that hmm, choosing the words here, uh, cunt. Can we say that? <laughs> I think we could say that, yeah. <laughs> Came out of the stands and punched him on the back of the head. Oh, yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was a, it was just a shocking thing to do, punch someone in the back of the head from behind, you know. I told you I didn't like him. <laughs> and, that, and, and then he's got whisked off to jail, you know, he's in the cell. Second half, who scores the winner? Come on. Jackie boy, he, you know, he didn't let that get to his head. No, post match interview, what does he say? Oh, that was the best day of my life. That <laughs> would you say, Sam? Yeah, uh, absolutely, would you say, Sam, that he's in the mold of, of, of a certain player? Do you think there's people that have come before that you know, when you watch Grealish, you think, yeah, he reminds me a bit of, or do you, do you think he's in a category of his own? Do you think with the, with the with the players around nowadays, that may have not been as plentiful in the in the specific leagues back then when Bass was playing, do you think Grealish can go on to to, to be considered in that kind of? I'd hope so, Ross. But he's twenty five, and anything can when happen. When he's finished playing, it, you know, it's 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 a lot. It's he it could just 
dropped right off. He could go to Man City and sit on the bench for three seasons. You know, it's who knows. But I really Let's hope, hope not. Southgate's. I'm not a big fan of Southgate to be honest, because he needs to be picking these players. He needs to be saying to Jack Grealish, "This shirt's yours," and that's well, that's where he'll make his uh, mark in the international football. I think. Do you think, in that sense, yeah. that he could be like a bit of a gazer? And there are similarities between the players. I'm totally, not... yes. Someone who, when Gazza was playing for England, he was excited. We haven't had anyone like that. You know, you've got you've had like Joe Cole, but you are left midfield and you've got to stay there and you've got to do your job. And he he got coached out of the game by Mourinho. He, he, you know, he, he wasn't he didn't yeah, have that freedom. That's a good point. overcoaching that. I think that that's worth remembering of players who are sort of singular. But yeah, no one's. Mm. Who can you think since Gaza, who's been that exciting in it? Because when you you know if you if you watch supporting a national team in, in a tournament, you know it's small margins, isn't it? Because you only get five or six games to prove yourself. So you want, and it's, it's when people watch the game who don't normally watch the game as well. So you want that player that people talk about. And go, have you seen this guy play? Got a yeah. bit of character about them, and they're not just you yeah. know robots playing and. Sticking to their roles, you know, and then also we've got this. We've got a British press that loves to have a go at people with, that are any different in any way, or maybe they've got a bit of a wild side or whatever, and they get pulled down. And yes, really, you'll have to manage all that. He needs a lot of protection from protection from That's referees. Is obviously yeah. really important for him, but he all needs protection from the media because he's made some bad decisions off off the pitch. Mm. I can't hold that against him. He's a, he's a young lad, but he could, you know, we've all know what happened to Gaza. Talking of Gaza and yeah. how how he was utterly destroyed by the media. Well, I, I'm just trying to just maybe to close it out, Sam. Do you see uh, anything yeah. in common with these three players uh, for any reason, whether it's the playing style or something that appealed to you that made you pick them and land on them as your three? I would say it's circumstantial personal connection yeah it's it's uh, how they made you feel they're emotional players they're emotive players so yeah very much emotional picks and I think that's what this podcast is about you know mm. uh, not just picking Anshira well you, if you pick Anshira no problem like, please, I, I'm sure someone will pick Anshira, but I mean, come on. Yeah. Have a... No, you're right. No, you're right. That's <laughs> what we want, though. And I didn't know that connection, you know, with your grandfather and the Orthodox Church in Birmingham. You know, I, I celebrate achievements like that because, you know, I'm not trying to overstate it, but and that player coming over here and lighting up the Premier League to a degree, but. That makes me kind of proud, you know, that sort of players find a home here and then leave a lasting impression on people like you. What was your granddad's surname? Petrovic. Zivoin Petrovic. Did he play for Stoke? <laughs> <laughs> Treated very badly. <laughs> my uh, my other granddad did actually play for Aston Villa and, it, and his surname is Aston, Alan Aston, and his brother Bill Aston. How have you... Oh... Yeah, was it? Sure it was during the war, so it was the Villa that. amateur. Well, that was great choices there, Sam. All very different and different eras, different reasons that you picked them as well. Obviously, there's a Villa connection, but I liked that you finished on Jack Grealish to bring us up to date, and he's a player that we can all, we all know, and we all understand, and we all watch and enjoy. I watched him last night. I mean, I know you're on the losing side, but he 
doesn't have a bad game, does he, Jack Grealish? Thanks a million for stepping in, Owen. Oh, my pleasure. I mean, big boots to fill. Norm- normal, normal play will resume next time. Yeah, I look forward to being a humble. I'm right. I'm right. Let me know if you want me to step in and be a little co-host or whatever. But I enjoyed that, and uh, great to hear your choices, Sam. And I think we'll leave it there, shall we, gentlemen? Thank you, Owen. Thank you. Ajax and Newcastle, amongst others. Patrick Clyde. Oh, straight in there. You know, catching Dal out. Brilliant, that Dal. Sorry, yeah, do you want Some to start that again? It's down from your. From, <laughs> I want to record a podcast and then come into your own living room. Um, you're, uh, you, do you want to start back from. You, I've got a question okay. for you. Dal, 